0: We're joined today by JD McClintock, one of Palm Beach County's most respected real estate professionals and an expert in supporting his clients in buying, selling, leasing, and investing in residential real estate. As a second generation realtor, he spent close to 20 years of his life working with clients to achieve their South Florida lifestyle aspirations. Over the course of his career, He's personally participated in closing over a 1,000 transactions, representing $300 million in volume. When asked, past clients of JD expressed their gratitude for his knowledge of the community and his relentless efforts to ensure a smooth and successful transaction. Much of this can be contributed to both his local upbringing and his outstanding achievements as an athlete. The same type of consistent dedication that it took JD to become the number one ranked water skier worldwide is the same dedication he brings to his real estate practice when working with his clients. Combined with his impeccable negotiation skills and marketing expertise, it's no wonder why he's been asked to take such active roles as a board member for various leading institutions within the industry. JD is proud to be of service to the Palm Beach community for all of your real estate needs. His commitment to education and supporting client goals for developing long-term wealth means servicing a range of clientele, including first-time home buyers, veterans, high net worth investors, and everything in between. Now let's welcome JD to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris.
1: All right, thank you Mr. Ventura, I appreciate that fantastic introduction. So. Uh, I met the McClintocks, Julie and I did originally, a long time ago, over 10 years ago, when the wheels were starting to come off the wagon as far as the real estate market. And um, actually, uh, some of you will remember uh, JD's mom, Michelle, who was and still is probably one of the most, I think, respected authorities on short sales in the nation. She's where we go when we're asking information about what's happening in the marketplace. She's essentially the ultimate canary in the coal mine for market uh, undulations across the country. So J.D. is equally as impressive as far as his knowledge, not just about distressed stuff, but just in the market in general. And um, you know, another thing that makes him so exceptional is he's one of these guys thats you know, he doesn't fit the typical realtor profile. When you read the realtor profile, people are, you know, agents are what, in their 50s and they're <laughs> an averages of what, 56-year-old female. Well, J.D. is not that. And, uh, yeah, he, I think he represents the best of the new breed of agents that are going to um, – I'm sure they're going to realize and are realizing what an amazing opportunity being a real estate agent in this marketplace is. So, J.D. McClintock, welcome, and thank you for being my co-host today. Thank you, Jim.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, man, you make a, feel, a guy feel good when you get an introduction by you. So I'm
1: excited <laughs> about this. You can, you can replay that every morning when you're getting up to make yourself feel better. I'll look in the mirror while it's playing. <laughs> that's right Um, uh, so tell them a little bit more about you where you sell real estate how they can get a hold of you um and then i want to talk a little bit about your you've got you've you're you're involved in a lot of very impressive and started a lot of really impressive real estate related uh things and i want to talk about that a little bit just so they understand who they're listening to
2: well yeah um so JD McClintock, I'm with uh, the Realtors Association of Palm Beach and Greater Fort Lauderdale. So anywhere in Palm Beach County is my my primary market. When you think of Palm Beach, think of the Southern White House. You think of uh, my area where I live. So, um, I uh, oh, and if you want to reach me, uh, the best email is jd at livelovere.com. re com. That's live love re.com, which is for real estate, of course. So, uh, but yeah, no, I uh, I love this industry. I've been in it since. The two days after I turned 18, um, I worked with my dad for about a year before that. So, got a foundation from somebody who's you know pretty good resource to learn from. I've been doing this for 15 years now. Uh, about eight years in, I got involved in the Realtors Association life and started getting involved there, which you can, can expand on in a minute. Um, and just sold a lot of real estate. About a year ago, I started a title company, so opened up another avenue. Within the real estate vertical, that uh, that I can you know have some another form of business in, and uh, this is my career. This is what I do. This is what I love. So,
1: well, so you're you're right in that. Um, I mean, you're in your early thirties, obviously, very successful. You have um, your whole career in front of you. What? Are you worried about the, uh, all these technologists and the artificial intelligence? Because I have to tell you, people in their 50s and 60s are just hoping and praying that they're able to, re- <laughs> you know, assume, uh, accumulate enough savings so that they don't have to be replaced by uh, some virtual version of themselves. So, from a perspective of someone who has their whole career in front of them, and also someone who grew up with technology, it's you know not something that you had to learn, but you is almost is almost innate. I'm sure it is to you. What is your take on all the hype about AI? You know, I think I think
2: it's going to help us. I mean, there's going to be aspects of the real estate world that change and, you know, are changing as we speak. But, you know, a lot of this AI that's coming in, I feel like and what I'm seeing just makes our job more efficient to some degree. And as long as we're building and changing with it, um, I, you know, I can see where it's going to be a good thing, not necessarily negative. You know, we're we're going to see change. I mean, even if you look at the National Association of Realtors, they have a whole division uh, that's an investment company to work alongside of and be part of the technology that's coming in. And these technology companies are clamoring for NAR to be involved, not a competitor with them. So if if we're looking at it from a top-down perspective and we're joining forces with these guys, they want to work with us from what I can see, not necessarily just destroy us. So, I see a bright future for us. It's just going to change, and you're going to have to be better at what you do to stand to stand out in it.
1: When you're new in real estate, listeners, you don't realize that the greatest value you're going to create is going to be your centers of influence of past clients, the people you've been able to successfully do business with, or at least the people you're communicating with and hopes to be doing business with. And um, with everything that JD just said, it's in alignment with obviously what our view is as well. But definitely be careful whose AI you associate yourself with. We did a couple podcasts, J.D., I don't know if you listened to them, where I was summarizing a conversation I had with Gary Keller. Tons and tons of people listened to those. Had some interesting emails, nothing overly you know, aggressive, but a lot of people that are challenging my premise. But here was the bottom line, and I'm curious what you think about this. It's okay if you don't agree, but this is my premise. So – You know, the idea is that everyone, all agents at Keller Williams are going to have um, these AI software programs, in essence, that are branded to them, and they're going to do their best to get uh, all their customers, centers of influence, and some past clients. You know, the old way of you you want to jam, jam as many people in your CRM as possible. Well, the new way of thinking is you're going to jam them into the Keller Williams CRM, and you're going to try to get them using the app. The app is going to be. Uh, powered by artificial intelligence. And I'm going to assume that Gary's going to do a kick-ass job of developing this thing. And I'm going to assume that it's going to probably become the best real estate app on the market. I'm just going to assume that he's going to implement because he definitely has proven his ability to do that. But the thing that scares me is that even if you leave Keller Williams, that app still remains on all those people's phones – and that means that that app is going to then be forming the relationship with those people that should have been or may still be in your center of influence of past clients. So you, in essence, have uh, in, you know basically loaded into their lives a app that's going to effectively try to disintermediate you and that client's relationship because the artificial intelligent app is then going to you know continue to try to cultivate a tighter relationship with that person and if they pop up of being interested in buying or selling real estate and you're no longer at Keller Williams, I'm just using this as an example because Keller Williams is the most I think the furthest along in creating this technology. Well guess what? That lead is not going to go to you. So when they say yes you leave with your database, your database and your contact and your content contacts are yours, that does not mean that all of a sudden magically the app on all the people's phones that you, you know, had put on it's going to just disappear from their phones. They're still going to have that relationship with that app. They then, you know, a year from now after you leave, they click the button and say, I'm interested in selling my house with current value. Do you really think Kelly Williams is going to send that lead to you as a non-Kelly Williams agent now? Of course not. So be careful what technology you align yourself with and make sure it's in, in alignment with y- your long-term vision of yourself in the real estate business. I'm curious what your take on that is as a mostly millennial
2: no, I, I completely agree. And I've listened to a couple of um, your podcast recently and some of the conversations around that personal connection and that, that, you know, that if you actually pick up the phone and actually talk to people and actually keep a real relationship, not just depend on these tech platforms to do it for you, you know, you're going to continue to be successful in this business. I completely agree with you. I mean, they're not going to hand that lead back to you when you leave the company. It may keep, you know, somewhat of a relationship, but it's not a relationship with you. It's a relationship with the company. So, I mean, in my opinion, the AI is good from some of what it can help us do. But if you want to stay in this game long-term and at a high level, you got to pick up the phone. you got to build relationships outside of the technology um, to continue to grow uh, if that's what you want to do and be in this long-term.
1: Well, the thing that really kind of freaked me out, and again, I I said this already publicly, but when Keller Williams says they're a tech company, and their customer is real estate buyers and sellers, and that their customer is not um, realtors, agents, that makes me nervous. That tells that tells you, listeners, where the pod where, on the podcast and otherwise, that tells you where their priorities are, and you got to make sure that your Priorities for your business and your financial futures in alignment with the company you're aligning with. So, just these are just things to think about. Again, I just use Keller Williams as an example because they have the most, I think, formed vision of the future. I'm sure other people are going to copy them, other companies, other this, that's the other. And uh, yeah, so be careful about that. Now, let's talk about something you just said. You said picking up the phone. Is that something that is, uh, that's like the hardest thing for most people to do, but people that have you written know, essentially. Uh, Grown up on technology where everything's digital, picking up the phone is like must be speaking Mandarin to someone from, you know, uh, an English-speaking country. How do you – when you talk – I know you do a fair amount of public speaking yourself. So when you talk to people your age and younger, how do you get them past that reluctance to actually, you know, have a real conversation? Uh,
2: challenging, it is. Uh, no, I mean, a lot of people want to communicate through Facebook Messenger and text, and, I mean, those are ways to further a conversation or gather information or continue to touch, but it still doesn't replace what we're doing right here. You know, when you're talking to somebody, you can sense who they are, how they are, where they are in, you know, in their thought process, particularly in real estate, and as a salesperson, you know, that's how you can feel where you I mean, I I communicate through text every day and everything else, but when I'm on the phone with somebody, I can feel where they are and kind of help them along in the process. And I don't think you can necessarily do that the same way through, you know, other platforms.
1: Well, so you just uh, said two very – you said very, two very critical things. Essentially, the SMSing and the mastering and the this, that, the othering is all supposed to reinforce the real conversations that you're supposed to be having, number one. And I also heard JD say that he intuitively knows more than what's being conveyed to him in the words that they're using when he's listening to the voice. How long did it take for you to develop that spidey sense? I think it
2: comes as you go along, but you can also uh, be aware of it, like,
1: You know consciously aware
2: that this is a way of communication and I mean it's not the same as standing in person with body language but you can you know tonality and mirroring and matching is important in what you're doing that that sense or at least being aware that you can get more information if you know what these things are can play a big difference in how effective you are when you're communicating with somebody I mean I've been somewhat of a student not crazy NLP type of student but I've been aware of it and implemented it into what I do probably since early since my early 20s when I became aware of
1: it. Well, NLP is interesting in that it's usually not it's really just a study of what successful people who are great communicators already do. So that's in essence what NLP is. The problem with a lot of with a lot of the NLP training is that it goes overboard and people then start Acting completely fake and artificial. <laughs> I've seen people that have taken a lot of uh, NLP classes, and you can actually see them doing the mirroring and the matching, and you see them, you know, the guy they're talking to scratches his head, so they scratch their head. They're trying to, I mean, just all this stuff is just kind of silly. And none of it's based yeah. on real science, it's all pseudoscience. And that's something that, yeah, but I get your point, though. It is something that um, once you start tuning into that frequency, just to stay on the NLP hippie wavelength here, that you do start communicating at a higher level. And that's the thing that if you've never learned how to sell over the phone, if you've never actually learned how to have real conversations, you're never going to develop that skill. And you're always going to be dependent on buying by your lead. So let's talk a little bit about lead generation. But before we do, I was really um, – your family has, were longtime Keller Williams agents, and I think you guys were with REMAX originally, weren't you? Or am I remembering wrong? Uh Century 21.
2: My parents then oh. went to Remax, and I, and I was affiliated with them. And then um, we moved to Keller Williams uh, until about six years ago when, you know, we made a change again back in January of this year.
1: Okay, so we're going to talk about what you're doing for lead generation because some of the stuff, I, it's great. But before we do, I want you to – why did you guys switch to EXP? Explain that to me.
0: Uh,
2: so we moved to EXP because I think uh, – so we don't move fast. Keller Williams, it took us like five years to move there, which was crazy. I'd say EXP, it took us two years to finally make the move there, um, which is nuts. And it was two years too long, in my opinion. But we moved because, I mean, I was very intimately involved in Keller Williams. I respect the company. I have a ton of respect for Gary Keller. Like, you you seem to in the way you talk about them and where they're moving. But at the same time, um, Some of the way they do things or the biggest opportunities that I see in EXP should have been with Keller Williams, but weren't the way they do. And that's the revenue uh, share model versus the profit share model. When being intimately involved, having worked for Keller Williams offices as coaches and different uh, affinities with them, I understood how they got to the bottom line dollar. And I didn't necessarily always love it because brick and mortar, payroll, all of these things attributed to who got some of the profit share at the bottom line and how much they actually got. Whereas when I looked at EXP and we looked at EXP and saw, okay, this is revenue. This is off the top. I know consistently what I'm going to get. I saw the opportunity in that, uh, that I wanted to see in Keller Williams, but, but didn't.
1: Well, so you talked about the revenue share. That's definitely unique. Um, with EXP, I had this very conversation with – it's the number one question we get, um, well, probably the number three, I'd say. You know, people are asking us, what brokerage should I join? The question we're getting a lot nowadays is, you know, should I switch brokerages? And it's interesting when people – sometimes they come to uh, – I'll call them back. Or I'll just email them back, podcast listener, maybe it's a client. And I always kind of ask them why they're thinking about switching, and they almost always do the same thing. They're coming through what they know to have been one of the best sellers markets. Or maybe they're just brand new in real estate, but they realize we're in a changing market. And they really don't have anything to show for it. They don't have any money saved. They don't, they're not real confident in their financial future. Um, you know, all these types of things. And, and, and so the question I asked them was, well, does your current broker offer revenue share? And the answer is usually, well, it's no. And so does your current bro- broker offer you um, equity share where they give you stock awards and whatnot? And the answer is no. You know, and so then, it, then you you know shine light on the fact that well, as an EXP agent, this is what I hear constantly at these agents, these interviews, what we're doing because EXP asked us to do these interviews for them, and um, here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing agents that are making money from real estate commissions primarily. I'm hearing agents that are making money from, or they're improving their net worth from essentially being given stock. So that's number two. They're making money from revenue share, which is huge. It's extraordinary. And we can drill down on that in a second. But the other thing I hear them very excited about more than, I mean, there's other ways they're making money as well. If they're icon agents, they end up actually not paying a cap and things like that because they get the money back in the form of stock. But what people are really excited about and what makes me excited about um, with regards to DXP is it gives people a financial way forward. So I was having another conversation with somebody and this person was um, trying to understand the revenue model, and here's the best way to explain it that I've seen. If you have a million dollars and you invested that, and let's say you just invested it carefully, you're not going to go crazy, and you're going to get 5% a year, that means you're going to basically have $50,000 come in per year before taxes and whatnot. And once you understand how the eXp revenue share model works, and you realize, and so, so let 's go take a half step back. How long will it take for you to accumulate a million dollars For most of you listening, the answer is you 'll never accumulate a million dollars you won 't in cash you won 't you will never have a million dollars accumulated in order for you to actually ha- create that passive income. Sad but true number one, number two is that if you factor in the amount of time and effort that it'll take for you to even get on the path to to saving that amount of money it 's extraordinary. With EXP, for you to earn fifty thousand dollars a year from the revenue, well, heck, you created a really kick-ass video, didn't you? And that's part of the video. I should have just mentioned that. So if you you have a great mm-hmm. video that you created that explains EXP and explains the revenue share model. How do they get that video? Uh,
2: if they type in "join EXP" in a text, well, message they have to text it. it to yeah, yeah, they have to text it to three one nine nine six. So it's "join EXP" and then send that to three one nine nine six. They'll get a great video that. Seven minutes. That's all, and it, it's one of the best things we've put together uh, to give somebody a, a true overview of, of what the
1: opportunity is. So I'm hearing you say text uh, to three one nine nine six the word and there's no spaces. Text the word join exp to three one nine nine six. Correct, JD?
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. And they'll get it. And they'll be texted back immediately. A seven-minute video they can watch that essentially answers the question. Uh, but I'm going to talk about uh, just if you don't mind the other path forward that people, you know, in the real world, in real estate especially, have used for ages to accumulate wealth. And that's buying rental properties and that's the route primarily that Julie and I did. And, you know, the goal is that one day your rental properties will be paid off to the extent that you can just live off the cash flow. Well, yesterday, Julie and I were driving around. She gets a text that, you know, one of the basements in one of the properties that we own is flooded, and there's another property that has had an electrical problem, and this is not unusual because we have a lot of properties where there's things going wrong a lot. Now, we could hire a property manager, and in, in, in the properties we have in some states, we do have property managers for those, but for the most part, we manage them ourselves. Why am I telling you all this? Because even on the more traditional path of accumulating income properties, even if you were to then do accumulation of income properties and buy stock the amount of time it's going to take for you to accumulate enough money enough uh cash flow for you to live off of most of you if you really thought about it will not do it because it's too extraordinary of a goal unless the amount of money that you need to live off of is like 2 or 3 grand Or less, really, because then you can buy some rental properties and maybe you can manage them yourself and, you know, you'll probably be able to, you know, that's not a very great lifestyle. But if you look at the revenue share model that EXP offers, I've never seen anything like it. And um, talking with agents like you that have joined EXP and hearing the enthusiasm and excitement that you have for how much money you can make off revenue share, it really, truly is a rule changer. At your age, knowing that you have that clear path forward of how you can actually, (laughs) I mean, become a multi, 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 multi-millionaire? How does that feel? I mean,
2: I'm next-level excited. Like, I, I have only a couple of goals in my life. I love what I do with the associations. I love knowing that I have an impact on the industry, and I travel a lot for it. I want to speak and coach and mentor. I've always wanted to open, own a brokerage, but I, you know, didn't love the responsibility and the cost of doing it. I have that opportunity. And, oh, by the way, through all of that, the revenue share will multiply and make me more money based on the math that I've done looking at it than I would ever do anywhere. And it's all in one place that I get to combine all the things that I'm passionate about. So, I mean, I, I haven't been, I've been in this for 15 years and I'm re enthused and more excited than I've ever been about
1: what's coming next. It does. As a uh, Jean Frederick says, it does really, truly make real estate fun again. That's the thing that's kind of interesting that I hear from a lot of the EXP uh, types. And I did watch the video. It was fantastic. Go ahead and text the word "join EXP." There's no spaces. Join EXP and text to 31996. So I promised that we were going to talk a little bit about lead generation. I, I want you to talk about the, the uh, networks and the association involvement, what you do, why you do it, how that's benefited your business.
2: So I got involved with my local association only about six years ago. And sort of like I said, I'm re-enthused again now. I was almost ready to kind of step out of real estate at that point, and it kind of re-impassioned me. And the reason was is, like, on a day-to-day, I could see the things that we were doing impacted other realtors, and the realtors that were involved were the ones that were excited and saw, hey, this is part of what the industry does. So I got majorly involved. I'm the Currently, at this point, I'm the vice president of – Uh, The southern region of Palm Beach County, we've got 110 miles of coastline and 30,000 members. We operate bigger than most of the states uh, in the U.S. as far as an association. Um, I'm a board of director locally. I'm a board of director for the state of Florida, and I'm a board of director for NAR. And then one of the biggest things I got involved in was the political realm, which is most people don't understand your association is not just the tool. Your association is about keeping professionalism in the industry and the advocacy uh, and on the advocacy line, uh, we do a lot of fundraising to support that through our PAC, but then that money is spent to make sure that property rights are protected. We're the largest, NAR is the largest trade organization in the U.S., and we're one of the most respected because we keep everything in a positive realm of how do we improve and how do we protect home ownership, business, and obviously, you know, the realtor's rights to do business in every state that they're in. So, I mean, it's a pretty incri- – when you start to look into it, the first time you get involved, if you come in at the right angle of what it really is about, it's one of the most inspiring things you can do when you realize what the R actually means.
1: Well, so let me ask you, someone who's politically involved, okay, why is it that the um, – I know this is seemingly a – this is a landmine question, but why hasn't NAR and the associations in Florida and all the rest of it, why haven't they done – a more thorough job of educating ed- agents on the perils of essentially buying buyer leads and, a lot- and sharing, over-sharing of data. Why is it that the industry, and maybe you don't agree with this statement. It's perfectly okay if you don't if you don't agree. But why is it seemingly that the industry has co-opted its responsibility to its members with regards to? And essentially telling them that maybe going down the path of buying buyer leads is not going to create a long sustainable business. And now, sure enough, Zillow comes out and they're talking about the fact that you know the new CEO, Rich Barton, is kind of not—he's not pulling any punches—and essentially saying how he sees the vision of the future of real estate, not necessarily directly involving agents in the sense that we are in, in the way that we are now. So from someone who operates from the inside, JD, I'm asking you why it is that your association has not been more proactive about warning agents about the perils of the oncoming onslaught of these technologists who would just love to disintermediate us. <laughs> so that's um, my question. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So the the real answer to that is that um, if if we – and I, I, can we pause? we got to pause for a second on this.
1: Okay, pause.
2: Pause. Sorry. Um, I need to find the word that I'm looking for.
1: I apologize. We're not going to pause. Um, We're just going to keep the recording going. <laughs> I'll help you with the word. What's the word? Being politically correct and not offending members? No, it's not that.
2: It's uh, – I'm losing my mind.
1: Listeners, you're it, I listening mean, it, to uh, you're listening to a real live millennial lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: they, I mean, basically, the U.S. government won't allow it. It's it, it's against trade regulation.
1: Antitrust. It, antitrust. Antitrust
2: is what I'm looking for.
1: Thank you. Oh, well. uh,
2: losing my mind at losing my mind at 33. I mean, okay, but they, the, fear, so the fear
1: is that, – well, that's what happens when you've been in real estate for a long time. Wait till you've been in business as long as we have, son. It's going to be real bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, the, and the here's fear, the thing. And the here's the thing. Is, I, I
2: really <clears> – <throat> hold on. Yeah. I have to say this. I am not speaking right now on behalf of NAR or Florida Realtors or my local association. But the answer you're going to get at anybody is that it would be antitrust for them – for for anyone to step in and tell people what they can and can't do within the businesses that they run.
1: Not can and can't do, but maybe shouldn't do. The the industry doesn't even do shouldn't do. I I mean, there's very few people in the brokerage business that doesn't even do shouldn't do. not saying can and can't do. You know, just, hey, look, maybe doing business with a company who's overt, you know, clear mission statement is to make it so that agent's only script they'll ever need to know is do you want fries with that, maybe doing business with a company like that is not the right move. Maybe what agents should be doing is making it so that consumers never want to get rid of them because the agents offer so much value into the transaction and that comes from you know skills and things like that. So Just for what it's worth, from the perch that you have, and I'm sure you're going to continue to ascend in the political National Association of Realtors realm, I can see you being the president if not the CEO of NAR one day if that's what you're aspirational for. Um, yeah, I mean, these are just conversations that probably need to be had in a more overt way because the technologists aren't sitting around living in fear of what we're going to do. They don't even, they don't even really seem to take the industry seriously. They're just forging forward and uh, you know, it's like the White Walkers on Game of Thrones. I mean, that's really the vision I have when I'm thinking about, you know, you got that Game of Thrones dragon flying around and all the you know, the blue uh, you know, living dead things and I mean, they're coming for us and we're not seemingly ready for it. The i buyer wave, is that even affecting you yet in your marketplace? The i buyers crept in? What- and they're really not. I think Miami, they might be coming in too. But I, I mean, I
2: recently read something that for as much hype as there is for the iBuyer thing, and I think it will be a significant, relatively piece of markets as we move forward. For as big as everybody has it in their mind, their market share is like less than 1% of what's going on right now. So I'm not saying it's not going to be an aspect of what we do and that things aren't changing, but I, I don't think it's as frightening as everybody thinks it is in this moment, and yes, we need to keep an eye on it. I mentioned earlier, NAR is forward-thinking. They they are looking at and have a massive uh, division that invests in or collaborates with the technology companies. And technology companies are reaching out to them, and they're reaching out to technology companies, going, "Let's work together. We've got 1.4 million members, um, you know, that want to associate with you if you're, you know, if we can work together." So there's strength in what they're doing. I mean, with the new CEO that's there, uh, the new campaigns, the Who We Are campaign that just come out, I think is the best campaign we've had as realtors in a very long time to both say to our membership and to uh, the consumer base that we serve, hey, this is the value that comes with the realtor. We're more than just Vanna White opening a door. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background that protects you on a daily basis. Uh, to keep your taxes low, to keep you in homes. In Florida, to reduce the sales tax on business leases. Um, You know, the average realtor does not understand, and I think over the last four or five years, the associations are doing a better job of going, hey, we're more than just the MLS uh, and a set of tools and something to join because you have to. No, there's a massive value here. We just haven't done as good a job until the last couple of years of going, Here's what it is, and here's why we exist
1: to help you. Well, it's people like you, J.D., that are going to carry that forward, that vision forward. And I hear the enthusiasm in your voice. We were just talking about, you know, the powerful, the power of having a phone call, right, the power of hearing someone's voice. I can hear in your voice that you're serious about what you're saying, and that's very encouraging. Um, just don't be afraid to, uh, you know, Break some of the crystal chandeliers at the mighty halls of NAR because they need to be broken. Otherwise, we're going to be out of business. We're going to go from what is undoubtedly the greatest trade organization that ever has been to being extinct. And I, you know, it's funny. Back in the real estate crash, you know, the full circle in my mind when we originally ran into your parents, uh, NAR was fighting for real, uh, real estate agents to even stay part of the real estate transaction. People don't know what the National Association of Realtors did behind the scenes. I was talking with, I don't remember his name, but he was at National Association of Realtors. He was sitting in on a, um, we interviewed him before the podcast. It was just an interview that we did and we emailed it out, but forever ago, and he was sitting in this meeting with the FDIC, and the banks were there, basically, and they got to this clause, and they're trying to work out how to deal with all this distressed property, and there's this little clause that they've written into this contract the FDIC was about to sign off on. Maybe it wasn't a contract, but just don't get stuck in the words, listeners. And the gist of it was is the banks were going to decide what the commissions were going to be on these distressed properties. And had NAR not been there, had NAR not been there to say, no way, Jose, uh, then guess what would have happened, and that would have caused, and that would have been more devastating to our industry than anyone can possibly imagine, especially at that day and age, of where at the real estate markets were so sketchy. As you know, it, that's the type of thing that NARA does that nobody knows about, and they probably don't do enough to talk about the the things that they do to to reinforce uh, real estate agents' careers. They don't talk about that enough. They don't take enough vows. Um, for what they've created. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with you about that. So let's pivot back. Let's talk about lead generation. What do you do for lead generation? What's working now? Um, what is something that maybe you were doing in the past that no longer works as well that you've just stopped doing as far as lead generation?
2: I mean, it,
1: it might sound mind-blowing from a you know, millennial type, but
2: all <laughs> or most of my business is relationships people I've met, other realtors from other states, through the work that I do through the Florida Association and NAR. Uh, that's a newer one actually in the last six years of my involvement, but it's being in this business every day locally, talking to people, doing a great job for them, keeping in touch with them and when they have a friend or family member that it comes up, I you know, I'm top of mind for them and they do reach out. I mean, I I get calls or, you know, every two to three days of somebody needing something, whether it's directly real estate today, or I'm thinking about it. What can you tell me? And I, I, I want to be cooler than I am with like technology and lead sources. And I mean, exp I see is an avenue of helping me with that with some of the amazing technology they have. Uh, but I'm I'm a sphere of influence. Talk to people person, man. It's it's just the reality of what key, I did. You know, 28 transactions last year and. I know every one of them, and half of them were repeat business from five or six years ago that either bought or sold again or something like that. So, it,
1: I just had someone, I don't, someone I wanna... just text – a live listener just texted me. Guys, if you want to watch uh, – J- I know all of you do want to watch JD's EXP Realty video. Just text the word JOIN EXP" no spaces, join EXP. text to 31996. So if you want to watch his seven-minute video that he's uh, created for all of you, it's a nice, easy way – for you to get the information you need about eXp, even if you're just marginally eXp curious, text the word "join EXP" to 31996. All right, so I'm hearing centers of influence and in past clients, which obviously is the first spoke that every real estate agent should have on their lead generation wheel. Uh, drill down for me. What are you specifically doing to stay front of mind with all these guys? So,
2: I mean, I reach out pretty much every quarter to everybody that I know or everybody I've done business with in the past.
1: Call them, email uh, them, mail them, pumpkin pie them. What are you doing?
2: I call, I call them and then I, I have a business Facebook page, but most of the people that I work with end up being my Facebook friends. And I hate to – Facebook is always kind of a plus and minus conversation with me because I think about we talk about it too much. But at the same time, it is a way where I can see what they're doing and what I'm doing and they're all personal friends of mine. They're not just a business transaction to me. So I'll reach out through there, comment, talk to them about what's going on. If I see something that I can help them with, I'll personally reach out. But then once I see that, it's a, hey, I saw this phone call, not just a poke like whatever you do on Facebook type of thing.
1: So so what you're doing is you're proactively cultivating the leads that and the people that you've, you know, created for yourself in your career, you're proactively cultivating. You're staying um, on top of what's going on in their lives by sort of stalking them, watching them on Facebook, and that way you're knowing what's going on in their lives. So when you do have the opportunity to reach out for a real estate-relevant reason, then you do have other things you could talk about with them at the same time. Or are you saying you reach out to them for non-real estate-relevant reasons? You just reach out to them for random reasons. Like the listeners are wanting to know, list – when you have a you know group of people on Facebook, and you're texting them, and you're what? So what are you specifically saying to these guys? How are you initiating conversations with them? Yeah, I mean it might it depends on
2: how close we are and whatnot. But if if I see something going on and I think it's cool, I might call them and say, Hey, that's you know whatever this was. You went out driving a Ferrari last week, and where did you do it? That's something I'm interested in. Can you tell me about the experience? not necessarily straight up real estate related, but at least what that reconnects us, right? And then when I do see something like, oh, my mom's come into town, uh, she's thinking about staying with us for a while, we're excited to have her, well, then I'm going to say, hey, do you guys need a change in what you're doing with, you know, your house or real estate situation? Um, I was just, I mean, I had dinner with somebody who's been a client before last week, and they said exactly that. Hey, my mom is coming in, and her mom is coming in, and they're getting to an age where, you know, they may be thinking about living with us, and we live in 1,200 square feet right now. That's not going to work. Great. When and when do you want to start talking about whether or not that's a reality of, of looking at how you're going to get to your next place? So, I mean, I think every time. Was there ever a time?
1: W- well, so was there yes. ever a time you're saying something, but I don't think you realize? The value in what you're saying completely. Was there ever a time when you were not willing or are able to have a conversation that overtly pivoted to talk about real estate? Because a lot of agents, they'll have that sort of surface conversation about you know what you did last weekend and you know how many what, just silly stuff, but they won't pivot the conversation to ask. To talk about real estate because their egos are, you know, signing, flashing red lights that, oh my gosh, this person's going to think you're a salesperson, or they're going to think that you're just hungry and starving, and they have all these excuses in their minds, why they won't overtly talk about real estate. Did you go through a process of having to work through that, or can you you understand the question?
2: Oh yeah, you know, once in a while you get that pit in your stomach that goes, oh, you know, are they going to think blah blah. And here's the thing. How many times have you been sitting in a diner and every table around you is talking about some form of real estate? Like, this is not selling trinkets or soap bars or, you know, infused smells of something that you're trying to get your friends to buy. Like, real estate is the foundation of everyone's life and having a roof over their head. Nobody's offended if you go, you know, hey, how can I help you? This is what I do. I'm a professional. When you hear something in the conversation, you just got to get over yourself that that for some reason they're going to because most people this is one of the like five topics in their life they're always willing to talk about
1: well every you always are going to have a house payment a living expense of of some variety you're never going to be without needing real estate ever Uh, you know that's just true if you think about it and it is something that's omnipresent on people's minds and in different marketplaces it's not one. It's like the top three things that people talk about. People will talk about real estate in certain markets in the country before they'll even talk about their kids. <laughs> you know, because if there's there's a lot of these markets like in California, you're, you know, if you're down in Palm Beach and yeah, man, it's people are really focused, hyper focused on money. They're hyper focused on what property values are doing. Did you hear about this sale? Did you hear about that sale? And real estate is one of. It's really the only thing that um, allows you to have an inventory of products for sale without having any real ongoing expense to maintain that product if you wanted to sell if you wanted to open up a little restaurant selling pies let's say for example the cost it would take for you to open the business and the whole thing if you compare that to the cost the ongoing expense from having your little pie shop, hoping that you can carve out a meager uh, earning from that compared to the amount of money you can make from real estate, and you really have no real expense in maintaining inventory, you can have ten, twenty million dollars of homes for sale that are exclusively listed with you, that you have no ongoing expense for. If you had a you know a, if you' were a car dealer, you have to, and you're not using your own money, which most of them use what's called a floor plan from a bank, you have to pay for that inventory sitting on your lot. With real estate, you have no expense. And furthermore, real estate is something that everyone is curious about all the time to differing degrees. So that's the reason that real estate, When I, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, J.D. As a millennial, you must have a lot of people in their 20s asking you about real estate. And you have to have, I'm seeing what you're seeing, a lot of younger people finally getting the fact that real estate is probably one of the greatest opportunities to be your own boss and an entrepreneur. And there's so much huge opportunity so what do you tell younger people when they're interested in real estate? What do you – like if you could you know, coalesce it down to like three points to tell anyone interested in getting into real estate or maybe someone who has a license that's just not doing it with their – you know, they're not actually hitting it out of the park like you are, what would you tell them?
2: I mean I'm laughing over here because my example is always a gas station. Like what what opportunity do you have in any industry to be able to sell even on the low end something you – you don't have to own or take possession of and pass hands and you get, a, you get a payment the way we do if you provide service at a high level. So I always say, you're going to gonna put $200,000 into a gas station and sell 50-cent chips and make a fortune? Are you kidding me? Like, I think it's nuts. So when I see an opportunity like this and people don't take it at a high level, so what I, what I generally say to people is, like, take this seriously. More millennials are getting in and making this a first career Go out, talk to people is the first thing. Actually not be afraid. Second is educate yourself through somebody like you guys that are going to give them the right things to say at the right time, the right opportunity so they're not wasting time. Get educated correctly. You know, your association should have great education. Your companies, and if you're not with a company that provides great education, look at where you are. Um, And then... Be ready to work hard. Like, that's the other thing. More people get out of this business because of the freedom, and you may have heard that before. But it's true. It's real easy when somebody's not looking over your shoulder to wake up in the morning and do nothing. No, you need to be your own boss. If you would fire yourself, then take a real look at yourself. You need to be willing to work hard, particularly on, and grow this and look at it as a business and and don't get yourself out of the business because of the freedom. Is that is, that, that is, is really that
1: reasonable. Yeah, no, no, you said it perfectly. I mean, you basically said do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, that's a great way of, you know, summarizing what it really does take long term to be successful at anything. And if you make a list of all the things that you don't want to do, that those very things are the very things that are going to get you paid the fastest. They're the very things that essentially nobody wants to do. But once you learn how to do them, and maybe you get. Uh, master level at doing them. I'm not going to say you're ever going to enjoy doing them, but your relationship with the word work is going to change because you're going to see there's a direct correlation between the number of people you help at a high level accomplish their goals and the amount of you know everything that you're, how dare I say, allowed to experience on this planet, the amount of abundance of everything, health, love, finances, travel, whatever. There's a direct correlation between how rich you are and how many people you've helped. If you're not where you want to be financially, it's because you have not yet accepted the fact that there's a direct, undeniable relationship between the number of people that you help accomplish their goals, you help accomplish their goals, and the amount of goals of your own that you are able to accomplish. It's that simple. Enrich, by definition, is where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money, which is a great pivot, um, back to exp i mean that's the whole thing that i hear from all these exp agents that i do that i'm interviewing podcast listeners is they're all more motivated than the average agent because they have a very clear path forward not just on how to sell real estate and they feel like they're in a supportive environment and You know, J.D., we didn't talk about this, but eXp is crazy. It's like a hive of activity pretty much all day long on the virtual campus. You're never feeling alone even though it's a virtual campus. You can just log in any time and be in connection with other people around the country and exchange referrals, ideas, just have somebody you can talk to occasionally if that's what you're looking for. But really, at the end of the day, it's a superior business model because it does put agents first. eXp Realty is in the agent business. They're not. A, they a technology company that provides technology services for agents. That's a huge difference. So, as you're choosing who you're going to align yourself with in this changing market, as you're choosing where you're, you know, who you're going to align yourself with as far as a brokerage goes. It, it, really, it's so critical that you're careful about this because JD. Does it feel like you've been in the business for over a decade? Does it feel like you've been in the business since you were eighteen? Does it feel like you've been in business for that long? <laughs>
2: some days but I have a renewed spirit now. So I'm I'm feeling good every day about what I'm doing and excited to wake up and 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 move forward and grow the opportunities that I have in
1: front of me. Well, that renewed spirit, that's what I was trying to, you know, with too many words trying to yeah. express. Explain to the listeners that what that renewed spirit feels like cuz a lot of them are looking for that exact same feeling. Yeah, I mean it's it just getting being excited that
2: there is this opportunity. I mean, you've you've said it and I've heard you say it is Like, this company is so collaborative, and I came from a company that was collaborative, but it feels like it's next level. When you can reach out and have conversations with anybody across the U.S. about any subject that you want or you're interested in, you want to find out about more, you know, I'm still learning every day. I don't know everything, and I don't necessarily think I'll ever know everything. So just to know that wherever I want to go, people are open to helping me get there. Guys like you guys, that we have these conversations that are expanding your mind every day. I mean, yeah, there's – I am looking at my life and going, hey, I'm pretty successful where I am, but I got a long way to go to be on the levels and with the people that I want to associate with, but I have a path and opportunity to get there. I'm going to
1: take it. Well, I mean, does it feel like you've been in the business for 15 years? Can you believe how fast the times pass? And I, I won't wait. That was rhetorical, but I'll say this. Time seems to go faster the older you get. That's a phenomenon that everyone experiences the reason that they experience that phenomenon is because most people have groundhog day lives one day is exactly Mm -hmm. like the other so your brain does not discern the beginning and the ending of one day to the other and so your time goes by really fast and what happens in real estate is your time goes by like ten times faster than a normal human so as you're listening to this, many of you guys listening, regardless of what age you're at, you've got to accept the fact that you're probably not going to ever create financial independence for yourself in this lifetime, really, unless you – you're going you're gonna to end up working in real estate or doing something or living – most people, when they reach, quote-unquote, the age of retirement, are dependent on either the government or a family member just to make ends meet. So even though people have had the entire, their entire lives to earn, you know, save, accumulate, build wealth for themselves – they don't do it. Well, why don't they do it? We could talk about that another day, but here's the bottom line: because they didn't have a clear path forward. They didn't have a clear path on how to do it, and that's what I'm excited. That's the reason I'm. That that is the number one reason I'm so excited about EXP, is because it does create a clear path forward for people to create wealth. So here you are in your early 30s. By the time you're my age, you can be on a completely different trajectory than you otherwise would have been on, and that that is something that real estate's never really offered for agents. You know, agents have always been the foot soldiers. Individual practitioners have always been the cannon fodder, if we're being honest. And now agents have Mm -hmm. the opportunity because this company, the owners in the company, and literally have stock, but also they can uh, have revenue share. So they're owners on two different fronts. That's exciting. And, uh, yeah, so listeners, he has created a really kick-ass video. You want to make sure – I'm sure some of you are – well, all of you have to be at least somewhat EXP curious. Just text the word JOIN EXP" no spaces, JOIN EXP, text to 31996. So, J.D., anything you'd like to say as we wrap up today and uh, how they can get a hold of you if they want to call you directly? Yeah, my number
2: is 561-827-6428. That's my cell phone. If you've got any questions, any curiosities, I'd say definitely go and text that JOIN exp to 31996 first. Seven-minute video. Just because you put in JOIN exp, it's literally just on your own. Take a look at it, you know, and get that first. And then you have any questions beyond that, you can give me a call, 561-827-6424. Of course, if you got anybody in Palm Beach who wants to buy some real estate, I'd love to help them with that, too. Uh, and my email is jd at livelovere.com.
1: Hey, you hung uh, out with I, Trump the other night, didn't you? I did.
2: Um,
1: one yeah, of the,
2: you did. One of nice, I did. One of the nice things about being involved is I go to both the Republican and Democratic um, annual parties in the county, and we get to meet everyone that's involved in local real estate. We do the same thing in national, but it was pretty neat. I don't care what side you're on with anything. When you're in the same room as the President of the United States and you have that opportunity, um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool and special thing. So um, I you know any other president, just to be in that room, I would have been there too. And so I, it, it was neat. Uh, find me on Facebook. Take a look at some of those pictures. We have fun while we're there too.
1: So. By the way, how lame is it that you feel like you have to uh, you know, feather your, your comments about meeting the president because you're worried about offending people? Screw that. You met the president of the United States. That kicks some serious ass. You know, when yes. Obama came president, and I talked about him on our podcast, and I didn't say President Obama, I would get berated with emails, it's President Obama. Well, why is it that people aren't saying President Trump? You know, so look, this is the United States of America. He is our elected leader. You have the opportunity to meet him, and I am massively jealous. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, man. I'm Like I said, I was super excited to be there, so – Fantastic! Hey, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your leadership. I um, what is it? When are you going to run for uh, NAR president? JD McClintock, what year is it going to be? <laughs>
2: the way things go, like twenty thirty five, but I'm good with that. So.
1: <laughs> JD McClintock, twenty thirty five. All right, I'll get the t shirts made. <laughs> i right wear the
2: t shirt. I'm going to win just because you wear the t shirt with your listener base.
1: So. I appreciate that. So listeners, uh, if you want to watch JD's video, which I know all of you do, just text the word JOINEXP with no spaces, uh, text to 31996. JD McClintock, thank you very much for being my co-host. I sincerely appreciate it. Tim, thank you for having me.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching.